This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi there, this is Dr. Holly Lucille here at Mindful Medicine, and thank you, mindful listeners, so much for spending part of your day with us. Today, we're going to be talking about the health benefits of silver. And yes, there are health benefits of silver. This is kind of an interesting one these days because, you know, silver has been around for a long, long time when it comes to medicinal uses. But I've been hearing from some of my patients, I've been hearing from some of my colleagues that there are some myths, I think, and misconceptions. Uh, around silver and its safety. So I have a PhD named Robert McCuspie, otherwise known as Doc Rob, which is what we're going to refer to him as. And he's the director of science at Natural Immunogenics Corporation, uh, which is the makers of sovereign silver. He holds a PhD in nanotechnology and materials chemistry and has more than 12 years of experience studying the impact of silver on the human body and the environment. And as a scientist, he developed silver nanoparticle reference materials at the National Institute for Standards in Technology. So this guy knows what he's talking about. And he served as an international leader in nanomaterial environmental health and safety research. So Doc Rob, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Holly. I appreciate the kind introduction. Yeah, well, I appreciate what you do. Um, we have talked before, and I have noted that I am when it, when it comes to talking to you, I am definitely the clinician, a clinician, and you are definitely the scientist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love the combination, though, because I use silver all the time in my practice. Um, but I have I want I want to use this time mostly for our listeners to help clear some of the stuff up. Um, I I you know is even sort of monitoring a, a colleague. Um, based chat room on Facebook and somebody made, I'm paraphrasing, but somebody made a question that, uh, or made a question, somebody posted a question that is, does anybody use silver or is it, does it just cause a bunch of harm? And I, I kind of had to scratch my head and I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah, that's actually, it's a question that bubbles up from time to time because, you know, people maybe aren't familiar with silver. And so there's a, a natural fear of the unknown. And so it's healthy to ask questions about, is it safe? And silver has actually been used for thousands of years to safeguard human health. Um, as we've talked about before, the ancient Romans and Greeks used silver cups to preserve their drinking water. Mm. And they may not have understood that the silver cup was releasing bioactive silver ions into the water. And that was the mechanism. It's only with recent scientific understanding that we've learned this in the past couple of decades. Uh, but, the, but the ancients knew that the water was preserved in those silver vessels and those silver cups. And they also, you know, they, they felt healthier when they drank that water. So this is something that has been around for thousands of years. And we're continuing to learn more and more about exactly how the right form is critical to getting a safe form of silver. Yeah. So two questions there. My first question is, do you think there is a confusion about silver perhaps being a heavy metal and heavy metal being such a connotated word in our sort of modern day environmental, you know, one of the biggest contributing factors of a lot of the autoimmune diseases we're seeing, a lot of the gut dysbiosis and disruption in microbiome. Uh, having to do with heavy metal accumulation. Do you think there's some confusion that silver might be one of those heavy metals and that's why it's kind of just categorized as bad in people's minds? 
I think so, yes, absolutely. That's a great point because it turns out each metal on the periodic table, each heavy metal on the periodic table has a different uh, toxicity profile, and some of them are pretty bad, like you were pointing out. I mean, obviously, we don't want things like lead or cadmium or tin or mercury you know, in our diet or in our environment um, that we're exposed to, but it turns out that silver has a very different toxicological profile. Um, they've actually done studies where they've looked at uh, going thousands of times over the EPA and World Health Organization recommended daily safety limits, and they've seen no observed adverse events in those studies. You have to go to tens of thousands of times before you begin to see adverse events. And I mean, I'm pretty sure you would never tell somebody, uh, let's go take 10,000 aspirin and expect no adverse events or, you know, no. <laughs> anything like that. So no. when you put it into that context, it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, things things can be bad in the wrong amount or in the wrong form, but silver actually has a really different chemistry and biological profile than uh, some of these other heavy metals we might think of. Great. Thanks you for making that point. So back to your point about form, because as a consultant in the natural product industry, you know, I feel like it's my job to understand how a product um, is able to be utilized in order to deliver a functional dose. And when I say that, it's like, it just makes a a difference in the body and it doesn't just have a label claim or anything like that. So talk to me about what is bioactive silver? Yeah, so bioactive silver is the form that gives the active biological benefits in the body. So I'm a chemist by training, and you know, so my scientific mindset is, so okay, silver has these two different states, the neutral metal, like the cups we were talking about earlier from the ancient Romans or jewelry. We're all familiar with silver metal. Um, and then there's also the form where it's positively charged, so you know, chemically it gave up an electron, but it's now water-soluble. It can go into the water. And so it's that positively charged silver ion that it turns out the peer-reviewed literature has found is the bioactive form. And so there's these two chemical states that silver can be in, kind of a neutral, biologically inactive form, and then a positively charged form for a positive effect. So it's really kind of neat that it um, had a nice little memory hook the way it turned out with (laughs) with the chemistry in that case. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So it's the positively charged that makes a positive difference. Yes, exactly. And so um, it's those, and it's the conversion of the silver metal into the positively charged silver ions that happens kind of on the surface of the metal. So thinking about that ancient Roman drinking cup, you know, it was only the surface layer of atoms that would actually release and convert. Most of the rest of the cup didn't actually participate in the water preservation. I mean, we wouldn't be able to hold the cup in our hands today as an artifact if it all dissolved when it was in the water, right? I mean, it probably wouldn't have been a very useful cup either if it all dissolved in water. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, those only those like very, very outer surface atoms can contribute. It's a slow reaction and only the, the only the outermost parts go. And so when you think about how that relates to, you know, these colloidal silver dietary supplements that we see, the, the form matters because the smaller the particle size and the more positively charged ions to start out with, the more bioactivity you're going to get out of that silver. Um, you know, we kind of like to use this analogy of, you know, there's, there's small particles that are clear and colorless. There's larger particles that have a more yellow color. And it's, you know, you can have the same mass of silver in the bottle, but if they're different particle sizes, you're going to get different functionality. It's kind of like if you're resurfacing your driveway 
and you ordered the gravel by by weight of rock, but you forgot to specify the particle size. So, you know, maybe one person delivers, you know, uh, 10 tons of gravel, and and everything's nice. It's a small particle size. You spread it over a large surface area, drive your car over it. It's got that wonderful sound of a gravel driveway. But the next person, they deliver 10 tons of these massive boulders. And that's kind of what the body sees at this scale when you get these yellow colloidal silver particles. They're these massive particles. It's the same weight of rock, but it's the wrong form. You, you're going to crash yeah. your car into these boulders trying yeah. to drive down the driveway. Yeah. And you so basically now the, like, now the, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, so you basically have all these boulders, and it's all this wasted material that then you've got to get rid of. And that's kind of exactly what the body sees as well. It's got all this unusable wasted material that it now has to get rid of. You know, so you kind of knocked off two questions that I was thinking of asking you. It was definitely the one about, like, why, so sovereign silver, um, it, which is a bioactive silver hydrosol. Um, I was going to ask, you know, like, how is it different from that colloidal silver? And to that point, it being clear, uh, because I've used it, and it is what I use with full transparency in my practice, uh, the colloidal silvers are somewhat yellow, yeah, that, so, so there's this property called surface plasmon resonance that makes the large colloidal particles yellow in color. They kind of absorb certain wavelengths of light, and only the yellows or the browns or the oranges pass through. And the, the size and the concentration can like tune the color a little bit. But basically, if it's yellow, it's a caution sign for this huge mass of particle, which means a huge amount of wasted silver. And so the difference with a bioactive silver hydrosol is that you have a mixture of the positively charged silver ions and the smallest particles achievable. And so they're as small as 0.8 nanometers. So you're talking about three or four silver atoms in diameter. I mean, essentially all of the silver atoms are available to participate um, in the conversion to bioactivity when they're that small. And so you get this remarkable kind of almost like a one-two punch from the bioactive silver hydrosol having the silver ions in the bioactive form immediately, and then that reservoir of the smallest particles achievable that convert to bioactivity before silver gets excreted from the body very quickly. Great. Okay. So here's what we've covered so far. Um, just because I'm going to talk uh, to my listeners kind of like, okay, in more general, we've talked that silver, first of all, has safeguarded human health for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, a bioactive, positively charged silver hydrosol is a form that is going to get in and actually make a difference in the body because of how small it is. The absorption then is there. Um, it's different from the colloidal silver because it's just it's bigger and then therefore, in my opinion, not as effective. And then so let's drill down, Doc Robin, to um, how do folks take it and what is it used for? What are the clinical applications? And of course, I'll pipe in here from my experience, but. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, let's get out of the lab and into the real world, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, we've covered and, this great stuff, which is important. It's safe. It's effective. So let's yeah. put it to use. Action. Exactly. Verbs. Yeah. So so there's a lot of great ways that Sovereign Silver is used. One of them is daily support. So just taking a teaspoon every day. Um, you know, people um, often will hold it under their tongue for 30 seconds and then swallow it. And so um, you, you take it once a day for that daily immune support because, you know, we're constantly surrounded by um, immune challenges in our environment. So having that daily support for your immune system is really great. Um, but there might be times where um, people weren't taking it every day or they're just overcome by some immune challenge. And you may be want some longer term um, support because maybe something has kind of, you know, gotten hold and you want some longer term immune support, people might take it five times a day 
Um, so you're kind of spreading it evenly throughout the day. So you have that small frequent repeat dosing um, to really provide more benefit. And then sometimes if you have like a need for short-term immune support, people just really want the maximum um, amount that they can get. People take it seven times a day. Um, so again, those small frequent repeat doses are really important because the silver actually leaves the body in just a few hours after you take it. So you want to, it's kind of like pushing a swing, right? You put a little bit of energy in at the right time and then the swing really starts moving and taking off versus if you try to give the swing one big push, it'll go back and forth, but then it'll kind of, it'll peter out after a little while. So those small frequent repeat dosing is really the best way to get the most amount of support when you need it. Right. So we can talk about things like um, the holiday travel season coming up, any travel season, cold and flu season. If you are immunocompromised, being able to then it's going to it sounds to me sort of like how I liked from using curcumin as a modality, as an agent um, for all of its different beneficial properties. But I like to keep that. I like to keep the concentration in the blood up. And so I do dose that then frequently throughout the day. So it sounds like that same concept is is clear here. Once again, you set up to seven times a day when needed. So you mentioned immune support. What else can silver be used for? So there's also um, really great applications with a topical, uh, homeopathic topical first aid gel. And so the, the topical healing aspects are really wonderful with that product. Um, you know, that has a, a range of um, applications from bug bites, cuts, scrapes, burns. Um, uh, it, it can help reduce redness, uh, itching. It can reduce inflammation. Um, it's, it's got this wide range of benefits with the homeopathic first aid gel. And so it's, a, it's another great uh, product to really kind of have on hand for, you know, we used to carry uh, a triple antibiotic ointment before we became in a much more natural lifestyle. And so this product, the first aid gel, has replaced that uh, triple antibiotic ointment we used to carry because we know that we can get that um, topical first aid gel with a, with a different approach. Yeah, that's the first aid gel is is pretty amazing. I mean, I you know, I, what I like to have prevention is the cure is one of the principles that I sort of live and breathe by when it comes to my guiding naturopathic principles and practice. And I like people to be ready for anything. And so uh, whether it's colds and flus, whether it's uh, nooks, whether, you know, little nicks and, and cuts, or I, I like people to have just a homemade first aid kit always prepared, right? Because if something happens, the last thing you want to do is get in your car and go to a 24-hour pharmacy and, you know, you want to have things on hand and at first sign. And so this uh, Sovereign Silver's first aid gel is, it's just, it's a must. It is absolutely a must. Yeah, I, I love it as well. And, and, and speaking of having it on hand, like I've, I've experienced that myself personally because um, I, I, I've learned that you're a cat lover like myself. And so yes. sometimes when I'm, I'm playing with our cat, you know, I haven't maybe trimmed its nails often enough. And so it'll, it'll nick me if I can get the first aid gel on it right away, you know, like within that first hour or even just right away after it happens. Um, I, it, it's remarkable to me just how much better the, the healing process goes with having that first aid gel. Um, Would so you really, ever use that first aid gel as almost like a, um, just, I'm just, this is kind of coming to me, so go with me here, almost like a, you know, a, a substitute for a hand san- sanitizer, because it almost has that feel, you know, and obviously with conventional hand sanitizers, 
there's a risk of doing more harm than good because of the way that they're manufactured, some of the ingredients that are in there. And also the hygiene hypothesis of just being way too clean and getting our kids way too clean and we don't you know, have enough bugs to actually stimulate the immune system and help colonize and such like that. But would you ever think about the first day gel as sort of like a, you know, kind of like on the plane hand sanitizer? Well, you know, that's a really interesting idea, and I guess I would have to uh, think about that a little bit more in another setting. Um, but I can tell you, speaking of on the plane, I love to take the liquid when I'm traveling. I, I love to take like a two-ounce bottle with me because there's there's six teaspoons in one ounce, and the two-ounce bottle will get through the TSA security checkpoint, no problem. So I know if I've got that two-ounce bottle, on the day I'm traveling, I can take a teaspoon before I go to the airport, you know, when I get through security, when I get on the plane, maybe twice if it's a long flight. And then I know when I land and I get to wherever I'm staying that night, I can take another dose or two. But before I know it, I've gotten six doses in the day because I really, I really want that immune support when I'm traveling because I know I'm going to get, you know, I, I need it. <laughs> with yeah. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes, on. you do. You know. For, from oh, the yes, you do. To, to, what we're, to what we see in the environment. So, you know, the person coughing next to me. But um, it, so I, I end up taking about six teaspoons. It's about one ounce. So I know that two ounce bottle is going to get me out there and it's going to get me back. And then if I need more for the trip while I'm out there, I can put it in my check bag or just take another little small bottle if it's a quick trip. Yep. And, and it, so it's a wonderful travel size to have that little two ounce bottle um, with, you know, with the travel season upon us. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, it's such a great... It's such a great tip. Prevention is the cure, especially, I mean, I'll tell you, I flew home from from a rainy, cold weekend in New York, and um, I had exactly myself prepared. I feel pretty darn good right now, and I, I plan on staying that way. Um, and the other thing as a, as a practitioner, what's really important for me when using silver to increase the immune system or to help with immune issues is that it doesn't uh, it doesn't disrupt the microbiome. And that's very, very important because we're fighting to keep that microbiome balanced and or get it balanced and get it in, you know, keep it there. So because of course, we're learning more and more that it informs almost everything. So that's another thing that as a, uh, from a practice perspective that I love. Yeah, and oh my gosh, I, I I feel like we could talk for half an hour just on the silver and gut microbiome interaction in and of itself because there's so much new peer-reviewed literature coming out on it. And it, it's it's so surprising to me because silver does not disrupt the diversity of species in the gut microbiome. And I know we've talked about this um, uh, before, but this is really fascinating to me that silver does not change the diversity of species. And it's that balance and that diversity like you were talking about with all these metabolites that are so important for the for the clinical applications. And so to know that the silver, um, you know, does no harm, right, And in that sense. And so, um, you know, there's, there's studies that show, obviously, prescription antibiotics can cause a significant change to the diversity of species in the gut microbiome. And I'm, I'm assuming that's why my um, pediatrician recommended that, you know, when our son was little and needed antibiotics, oh, be sure they're having yogurt, be sure they're taking probiotics. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that was kind of the reason behind those recommendations at the time before we, we found that there were um, other ways to uh, support the immune system as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Doc Rob, for the work that you do and your time. And folks, I want to give you the website that you can go to just to kind of check out more about what we talked about just as a as a summary. Once again, I believe as your host, silver is safe and it's been used to safeguard human health for thousands of years. Um, but we're looking at bioactive, positively charged, so the silver hydrosol that gets in and does the job. So you're not putting yourself in any harm, you're not wasting your money, and it's actually just doing its job when you're taking it. Um, and you can go to sovereignsilver.com, so that's S-O-V, as in Victor, E-R-E, 
ignsilver.com. And yeah, peruse around, take a look. Uh, Doc Rob, thank you once again. Mindful listeners, thank you always for spending some time with us. And we're going to see you next time.